Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, only about 13 minutes, but it keeps us in God's Word every single day. And that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also keeps us focused on a relationship with God and helps us to have a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. We encourage you to help others in your life by sharing these short studies with them every single day, with everybody you can, through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can, every day. You may help somebody change their life. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're focusing on the teaching that is conveyed in a particular worship song entitled One Day. I have not shared the actual words of that song with you to this point. We introduced it, and then I went through the first verse of that song. This song, each verse, five verses, focuses on one day of Jesus. And so this particular line of thought and study, this this lesson I've entitled Five Days of Jesus. Now, the chorus ties all of those five days together in one chorus, but each verse focuses on one day. Now, not necessarily to be understood as just a 24-hour day, but the events leading up to that day and the implications of that day. I want to read to you the first verse. We looked at that last time. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. And so as we focused on that first day of Jesus brought out in this song, I talked about how one day Jesus left heaven, came to this earth to be born of a virgin, fulfilling the prophecy in Isaiah 7 and verse 14, and to serve as the Savior of mankind. Now, let's look at the second day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree, suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins. My Redeemer is he. One day, at the instigation of the Jewish leaders, Roman soldiers led Jesus up the hill or mountain, depending on which verse you're reading, of Calvary in the Latin, Golgotha in Hebrew, place of a skull in the Aramaic. Now, those are identities of the same hill that is commonly referred to as Calvary, but is probably more technically referred to as Golgotha in the Hebrew, but also in the Aramaic, the place of the skull, probably indicating that some geologic feature of that hill or mountain had some kind of formation that resembled the appearance of a skull. So three different names of the same place, in Latin, Calvary, in Hebrew, Golgotha, in Aramaic, the place of a skull. 
In Luke chapter 23 and verse, 30, verse, 20, and verse uh, 33, we read this. And when they had come to the place of, called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And of course, Jesus was crucified between two criminals. Three crosses stood upon Calvary's hill on that day. Three men were executed by the Roman soldiers in control. Jesus was in the middle. There was a crowd gathered before him. Some, I suspect, few were his followers, including his mother, Mary, and the apostle John. But I suspect that most of those gathered in that crowd on that day before the cross of Jesus were disbelievers, ridiculers, and among them were probably a number who were glad to see him die on that cross to shut him up and stop his teaching of Christianity. Well, the only one on that hill who did not deserve to be on that cross was Jesus himself. And he hung right there in the middle of the three crosses between two thieves. How sad from a human perspective, but how necessary for us because we needed him to go to that cross. As we talked about in the first day of Jesus, God sent him to leave heaven, to give up his place of equality with God the Father, and come to this earth to be born of a virgin, to take human form while still fully divine, and serve as our Savior to go to that cross. In John chapter 19 and verse 17, and he bearing his cross went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. So again, all three names. And what a description, what an identity in the Aramaic there. The place of a skull, not a warm kind of name given to that place. And of course, it should not have been taken that way as a warm place, comforting because it was a place of execution. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, we read of the purpose Jesus went up to that cross on that day. He nailed to that cross, hung on it, gave his life on that cross on that day. For he that is God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are sinners outside of Christ. And there's nobody who can throw up their hands and say, well, oh, not me, I'm not a sinner. Yeah, the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In verses 9 and 10, he said, there's none righteous. No, not one. So yeah, you're, you're one of the ones for whom Jesus went to and died upon that cross. God placed the guilt of your sins upon him as he hung on that cross and slowly gave his life. He gave his life for you. The Hebrews writer wrote in Hebrews 2 and verse 9, we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels in that he took human form 
for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone, including for you, because of your sin. In chapter 7 and verse 27 of that same Hebrews letter, we read again about Jesus going to that cross. And here the Hebrews writer wrote, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's, because you see Jesus, even in human form, never sinned. He lived a sinless life and serves as our example in so doing. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. He was an offering for us, a sacrifice for you and for me. In chapter 9 and verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. In chapter 10 and verse 10, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. My, what Jesus did for us on that day. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, we read this, who himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that is the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. One day, one day, Jesus went up that hill of Calvary, Golgotha, the place of a skull, in order to be offered by his Father, as a sacrifice for the guilt of our sins. And this was the fulfillment of prophecy going all the way back to Isaiah, chapter 53. We'll read verses 5 and 6. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity or sin of us all. We needed Jesus to do what he did on that one day. And that was tread up Calvary's hill, the place of a skull, Golgotha, and allow himself to be nailed to that cross, raised up between two thieves, and give his life so that we could be forgiven if we will come to him as our Savior. We'll look at the third day of Jesus next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us that much that you gave your son in sacrifice to pay the price for our sins. What incredible love. 
by you and by him for us. We're not worthy, but we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, so much. And we praise you. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.